I tell people my sister moved out west. You're a science teacher. Your husband, he renovates houses. You're thinking about moving, but you're gonna wait until the interest rates go down. That's not my story. <laughs> Before I was an Avenger, I made mistakes. And a lot of enemies. He's called Science Taskmaster. He controls the Red Room. They're manipulated. Fully conscious, but no choices. I should have come back for you. How many others are there? Enough. Hello, and welcome back to Fan Critical. And we're taking a break from our uh, sort of regularly scheduled programming as it were, with our new shows and that. I hope you're enjoying those. Quite good, aren't they? Sometimes. Yeah, they're right, yeah. Um, to do the bread and butter. John, this is the bread and butter. That's John, by the way. Say hello, John. Uh, hello. Hello, everyone. Um, back to our bread and butter. Yeah, bread and butter. I actually had a very nice intro for you here. It was um, it was uh, our very own Red Guardian, because you remind me a lot of him. And I said, he's gruff, <laughs> he's bearded, and occasionally funny. That's what I wrote. So yeah, uh, it's yeah. in the notes. Wait, wasted. Yeah. Maybe add in a that way, as well. Wasted. Uh, living off past successes in his brain. <laughs> that as well. That is definitely true. Yeah. So yes, I'm joined today by John uh, for the bread and butter, the film reviews, guys. We're here talking Marvel. Okay. The 24th cinematic installment of the MCU, uh, a film which you might have heard of called Black Widow, a film that went into cinemas and also straight onto your telly boxes via Disney Plus Premier Access, which I have to say is very expensive. Too expensive, honestly. What a rip-off. Too expensive. What are they thinking? It's $35 here. It's insane. You know. Honestly. um, Piss take. Yeah. What are they thinking? It is a joke. Anyway, uh, there's a lot going on in our lives at the moment, John. Um, Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, I wanted to try and paint a picture for the listeners, um, especially those based in the US or even perhaps Australia, where, you know, myself and Gareth reside. Um, today is a big day. This is the biggest day in uh, living memory for me <laughs> in England, um, because uh, England have reached the and I'm going to call it soccer, John, because, it's you know, that's what people will It's football. It's football, but we'll call it soccer. Uh, England have reached the European Soccer Championship final. Um, Now, we haven't done that for 60 years or so, John. Mm. 55 55 years. 55 years of hurt. And so 55 years of hurt, that is a thing. Um, And I just want everyone to know, if we sound a bit nervous today on the podcast, it's because in about... I don't know how long, John. How long is it? Like 10 hours or something? In about 10 hours, we're going to be... Um, we're going to be watching the final and honestly shitting ourselves, um, mm. to be honest with you. It's a horrible experience. And being English uh, and a soccer fan of England uh, is usually shrouded in pain, um, you know, lots of mental scarring that has definitely, you know, ruined my life at times. Um, <laughs> so 
I have to say, we're both very nervous, aren't we? Yes. We're very scared. Very nervous. Just to, um, mm. <clears throat> I guess, just to paint a picture of how important this is in the UK. Um, yeah. A lot of businesses, um, so the major kind of supermarket chain here, um, I guess the equivalent to Walmart, so Tesco, um, mm-hmm. they're, oh, just, yeah. they're just shutting shop. They're shutting all of their shops during the game so that their workers can watch it. Unbelievable. Um. There's yep. been talk of an emergency bank holiday tomorrow in the UK if we win. Um, a lot of businesses are giving their employees the day off. I've got half a day off. I don't start until one in the afternoon. Um, and even that, I think, is going to be a bit of a stretch, to be honest, if we win. Um, you won't be there, mate. If we win, you're going to be like naked running down central London, Oxford Street yep. for days. Mm. It's going to be crazy. You're well, going to be on the news. Yeah, I mean, I did, it's going to be lovely. I did say to my GM, uh, I'll see you Wednesday, hopefully. So uh, we'll... Uh... GM, general manager for anyone who doesn't know. So <laughs> The gaffer. Um, the gaffer. Yeah. So it's a big deal. It's a big <laughs> fucking deal. Yeah. Yes. Um but enough about that. I just wanted everyone to know how excited me and John are. So if we sound a bit nervy and a bit excited, that's why. But what is also a big deal is uh, Black Widow, uh, because mm. she finally got her own standalone movie, John. Finally. Yeah. Um, after lots of conjecture, loads of you know people going, why hasn't Black Widow got her own movie? Weirdly... And spoiler warning off the bat, we're going to be spoiling, you know, the Avengers MCU up to this point. So, <laughs> you know, if you haven't seen all of Avengers, turn off right now because I'm about to say something quite <clears throat> spoilery. Can, okay, can, spoiler warning, done. Can I um? Can I just say one thing? Let's not spoil yeah. the TV series like the, the ones on Disney Correct. Plus at the moment. So the films, spoiled. Yeah, yeah, I'm not... Yeah. Yeah, film's going to be spoiled. Here we go. So, weirdly, this film is, you know, takes place... It's, it's a flashback sort of film. You know, it's a, it's, a, it's a prequel, as it were, to some of the events that have already happened in the MCU. Namely, uh, Natasha Romanoff's death, which occurs in Infinity War. Uh, so, this happens uh, before Endgame, before Infinity War, um, which to me... And I said this with the last Ant-Man film that we covered... It's weird to me. It's it's it, no. Hold it, on, hold on. It's sort no, of she sk- dies. She on. dies. She dies in Endgame. She dies in Endgame. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah, you know what I mean. But uh, it's weird to me. Now I'm gonna just quickly give you the the Rotten Tomatoes synopsis because I was curious because I was sitting there thinking after I finished it and I finished it an hour ago. So I, this is fresh in my mind. Mm. Okay, yes, yeah, certified Len fresh. Fresh. Okay. Um, <laughs> Yeah. Lesh. Yes. Um, So Rotten Tomatoes has said this. 80%, John. 80%. And the consensus is Black Widow's deeper themes are drowned out in all the action. But it remains a solidly entertaining standalone adventure that's rounded out by a stellar supporting cast. I thought, okay, it's kind of of right. Um, I'd love to hear your thoughts on this film. Your thoughts on where it sits timeline-wise within the MCU, uh, and if you think that hurts its overall Blueberry score. And, of course, the Blueberry system, for any new listeners, it's our scale, uh, 0 to 5, uh, 5 being the best, 0 definitely the worst. There can be no halves. You can't half a Blueberry. It's insane. Uh, Patented fan-critical, copyright fan-critical. Check it out if you want to see the patent. 
Uh, it's on our website. It's definitely not on the website, but don't <laughs> worry about it. John, thoughts? Um, very <laughs> random rant. Um, I think, I think you've nervous. Yeah, yeah. You've um, you've you've been on enough of these podcasts with me, particularly with the Marvel stuff, that you know. Yeah, uh, I mean, you've teed it up, and we've not spoken at all prior to this. No, like little messages nope. to say no, nope, we have it's not. A load of rubbish. Um, so you know, you've teed it up. Um, I mean, look, the film sits after uh, after Civil War, which you know I I wasn't a massive fan of. I wasn't a massive fan of Civil War. Like I thought it was good. I didn't think it was great. I didn't think it was on par with I, like I I love it. Yeah. Okay. Fine. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think like Guardians, obviously Infinity War, the original. Oh yeah. Um, oh, Avengers yeah, Assemble. Yeah, yeah. Like, I think they're like your your five five bloob tier films and. I thought Civil War was like a three or a four, probably a four. Um, this film, <clears throat> uh, it has a couple of issues, actually. Um, I was expecting it to go down the Winter Soldier route, where it was like, you know, espionage. You're looking at it and you're like, oh, do you know what? This is, it's quite nice that they flipped the genre. They've decided to go down this route you've got guardians is like sci-fi and it's like yeah you know I, I i like the idea that um they can do this and and that's kind of what i was expecting black widow to be um and i don't think it was actually um and i think i think that the thing that hurts mm. this film the most is it's it's very silly <laughs> it's very silly um, it is there there, there yes. are bits in this where i was like oh no um, it's like kind of Transformers esque, but I mean, you let it go because they're big fucking like Transformers. They're robot cars for fuck's sake. But like, she's just. <laughs> but I mean, she's she's a human being. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like the yeah. stuff they've got her doing, flying mm. through the sky, and so I'm like, oh, for fuck's sake, honestly. Mm. Like you, you let. Yeah, like, I'd let the kind of Red Guardian get away with the stuff do you know what I mean i'd let he's a super he's soldier a super soldier yeah you know the stuff that captain i think she was doing stuff more fantastical than captain america then what steve rogers yeah yeah yeah, I yeah, mean, yeah there's yeah. one bit where he dives out of a plane without a parachute you know like, that's pretty cool but you know that's not the whole film do you know what I mean he's not on fire and it doesn't hurt him like i'm not saying that happens in black widow by the way um so so it has it has the timeline issue where it's kind of like if someone went right, just delete that. Would it mean anything to me? No. Um, should this film have come out four years ago? Yes. Um, and if it if it had come out then, I'd probably give it like a free blue. But a bit like Ant Man. I'd be a bit like, eh, you know, it's not for me, but you know, fine. You know, I've watched it now. I can't get my money back. I have tried. Um, you yeah, know, it's done. Now. It's done. <laughs> So hello, is that Disney customer service? <laughs> you fucking ripped me off here. Thirty five dollars. Um, All right, I've had enough of this. Put Mickey on the phone. No, I'm joking. it no, was. Okay. Uh, it's too long. Um, it adds nothing to the Marvel Cinematic Universe. It almost feels like uh, like an apology that they ignored um, Scarlett Johansson. And to be honest, she's good. Like I like her. Yeah. Um, but it's sort of like, what's the point? 
like, what is the point? Like, I mean, if they brought her back to life at the mm-hmm. end of the film, or like she was pinched out of that timeline, then you'd be a bit like, oh, interesting. You know, when she gets in her little ship, she's in the air, and then suddenly it's like, "What are you doing here?" And it's like, "Well, we need to, we need you to, we need to take you out of this timeline." You're like, "Oh, what's going on?" You'd be a bit, "Oh, this is a bit mad." I mean, I'd still be a bit like, "This is stupid," but, um, but for what it is, it's just a nothing film. And then, like the, I mean, we'll go on to the end credit scene, but that's even worse. Like, I'm just like, "Fucking hell!" Like, who cares? Who cares? And that that little review from yeah, Rotten Tomatoes about the supporting cast, like Rachel Weiss, you know, yeah, she's good, she's good. Uh, her little fake sister, she's all right. I mean, she over egg Florence Pugh. Yeah, uh, is that her name? Is it? That's the actress's name. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Good. Um, she's all right. She has her moments. I think she over eggs it a little bit. Um, the, mm-hmm. I mean, the accents in this film sicken me. Um, they are terrible. Honestly, they're terrible. Um, yeah, it's just too much, isn't it? It's too much. Um, so, so unfortunately, I kind of I sat there and just thought, what's the point in this? It's like someone went, you need to play catch up. You need to watch all these films before watching Endgame or Infinity War, and you're watching it, and you're kind of like, well, I know this doesn't mean anything, but I might as well just watch it for the sake of watching it. That's what this film felt like, even though it's just come out, which is never a good sign. So, yeah, for me, I'd give it, I'd give it a two blue, which is, which is probably quite harsh, actually. Um, and as I say, if it had come out, you know, after Civil War, fine, I'd give it, you know, a free blue, probably. But for for what it is, where it's placed as as a as a one off film. Uh, I was I was not impressed, and it's too long. Two hours fifteen minutes. They're taking the piss, man. That that is long. Uh, I tell you what, the runtime after I put in my details, my credit card details to take thirty five dollars <laughs> off of me to watch this on Disney Plus, uh, I saw the runtime was two hours fifteen. I was like, fucking hell, I might not get this done before the podcast starts. I was like, what's it? How can this be two hours fifteen minutes? That was my first thought. Um, my second thought is I actually have not been looking forward to this film. And I think that hindered its viewing, in my opinion. And it's just because of the where, of where it sits in the timeline. I'm a big fan of not knowing what's going to happen. Okay, so this is the same with like the prequel, uh, you know, Star Wars films, episode one, two and three. You know, they're all so shit. But the thing, the thing that's a problem there is you know what happens in the end, you know. Sometimes there's something that comes along which does a a very good job of even though you know what's going to happen like Rogue One in Star Wars brilliant absolutely brilliant film even though you know what's going to happen they do enough in that film to keep you on edge and like it's great but this but, this just didn't gr- grip me yeah at I, all I guess in the, terms of tension but the the Rogue One thing it's like you know all the characters that you meet you know you never see them again yeah so it could yeah. be that they all die um or it could mm-hmm. be that they just you know go off and hide somewhere or whatever yeah um whereas in this it's like well you know black widow is going to survive so it's like well, what's the fucking point but we didn't know about the supporting cast and as much as you say you thought they were okay in places i actually think um and yes they're zany and they're very silly and they're like a crazy wacky take very silly. on like very the americans <laughs> the americans the tv show basically um you know florence Pugh for me 
and I'm sure she is going to step in to be the new Black Widow. Mm. Uh, I love her as an actress. Uh, she does some of my uh, favourite films. Uh, me and Gaz love her in a film called Midsommar, which is a crazy horror-esque movie, which you would hate, John. You would actually despise it. Um, <laughs> but she's great. There's something about her that I find so charismatic and... I know that she's heavy handed with her sort of accent and jokes in this, but she, for me, was the star of the film. I, I, I actually thought, and maybe it's just because I'm, you know, I, she's one of my favourite actresses. Um, I actually thought she was fantastic and I am totally up for her being the new Black Widow, which is, it looks like that's where they're going in some respects. So that for me is exciting. I thought it was very bizarre how we're about to get Stranger Things season four with Hopper literally in a gulag, essentially. Sto- sorry, spoiler warning for uh, Stranger <laughs> Things. Um, imagine imagine getting Stranger imagine Things that. spoiled on a fucking Black Widow podcast. Yeah, sorry, gu- sorry guys, but it has to stay in because it's true. He's literally going to be in Russia, um, and he's in Russia in a gulag in this, and he looks like Hopper, but who now has super strength. And it's kind of bizarre to me. It's just crazy timing. It is weird. Um, but he's a very... F- yeah, he's a very fun character. Um, crazy over the top. Um, but like you said, the film could have gone in a very interesting way because Winter Soldier, Captain America Winter Soldier, the film, is probably one of the best Avengers movies, best MCU films, because it's kind of grounded in a little bit of reality. It, yeah, there's like a bit of super soldier stuff in there and stuff like that and some flying ships at the end. But other than that, like the actual film is quite like an espionage thriller and it yeah. really works. And I thought they might go down a completely espionage, you know, James Bond-esque route with this film. And I thought that would have really suited uh, Natasha's character because she was fantastic in Winter Soldier. She, As much as that film says... Captain America, the Winter, Sol- the Winter Soldier, it is definitely a Black Widow film as well because she is an integral part of that movie and she thrives in like this undercover operative world. So I was disappointed when it was extremely action heavy. The action is fine uh, in terms of the choreography. It's a bit, it's too much though, isn't it? Yeah, the CGI is hit and miss and that always takes me out of the moment. A little bit. It was one of my biggest criticisms, if you remember, of, of Black Panther. Was at times the CGI was god awful, um, and it really will not hold up well. Like when we look at this at this back, even in like five years, I think it's going to look terrible. Um, so that's a bit of an issue. So I like the characters. Um, I like uh, the fact that there's going to be a new Black Widow. Did we need this film? No. And that, that hurts me because I really wanted a Black Widow film. Mm. Uh, I'm going to give it three blueberries because I still enjoyed it and I had a good time. I actually think the scripting's, you know, in terms of the dialogue's pretty good. The family yeah. dynamic that they try and spin about this uh, family that did obviously defect to the West uh, in theory to, uh, you know, and harbour those American sort of dreams but then get forced back into Russian society. Harbour, Very- yeah. Yeah, Harvard, yeah. Very interesting. And um, I like that. And I, I kind of like the fact that Natasha's got two families. And you know, and that is the one thing I guess we can take out of this film is that we can take out that she de- doesn't just have the Avengers as a family, which is something we always thought. She also has this other family. And it also maybe gives us a bit of a, th- you know, 
a thought process about what was going through her mind uh, when she's on uh, the planet with the Soul Stone, which why can't I remember that's name for the life of me? Um, that's really bad. I should know that planet's <laughs> name. Um, Jesus, um, let's blame the nerves again. Uh, but yeah, so it's interesting to me that that those things are you know useful. But other than that, you know, Taskmaster kind of nothing like the comics really, and just a bit. It's kind of cool, but underused. Ray Winston, you know, Ugh, don't know what's going on. But anyway. Fucking hell, honestly. I love Ray Winston as well. Three... <laughs> I really do. Yeah, I know you do. Um, yeah. What's he doing in this? Yeah. What is he doing in this? Yeah. Get that guy in it from fucking... I am golf. Get what's yeah. his face? Boris the Blade from um, Lockstock. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, Snatch. Get Lockstock. someone... Get yeah, yeah, don't get ray winston in to do that accent like yeah. oh, for fuck's sake mm. honestly yeah well we'll talk more about a couple of the key performances a couple of key plot points uh, after a little advert break all right guys little advert here um so if you haven't noticed we've sort of uh shaken things up in the old fan critical world uh we've made some new shows kept some of the fan favourites, and merge them together into what we like to call like a rotating monthly schedule. Uh, and sprinkled on top of that will be film and TV reviews. Um, and that is all possible, guys, thanks to Patreon. Patreon.com forward slash fancritical. Our lovely, lovely Patreons. We love you so much because you have enabled us to get this new structure, start delivering content promptly every Tuesday weekly for you guys with a rotating schedule. So thank you very much. Uh, if you would like to sponsor us further, uh, it means the world to us. You do get access to some bonus content. Um, there's like 20 cast episodes on there, which you get short sort of uh, recastings of films that we've done. You, there is going to be loads more bonus content in the future. Um, you can even commission podcasts, which we're now going to place on the Patreon channel itself. So there's loads of options there. Please go to patreon.com forward slash fan critical and the most important thing which is free here is just subscribe subscribe and spread the word spread the love spread the joy of fan critical okay <laughs> um john have you got anything to add to the advert no um i would say that you know we're, we're in um we're in the inception phase uh, phase of a lot of these new shows that we're doing so feedback yeah. man well like, let's you know let's let's hear Let's hear what people think of, you know, 60 Minutes to Midnight and, you know, whiskey in general and, you know, the sequels that we're pitching. Let's uh, let's get some feedback. You can slag it off. Uh, It's absolutely fine. Yeah. As long as it's constructive. Definitely slag it off. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, Email us at fancriticalpodcast at gmail.com. Get in touch with us on social media. All of the links to the social media channels and our email will be in the show notes on all of your podcast platforms. Right. Let's get into it. Let's, you know, go attack a giant sky base. John, let's get into the plot of Black Widow. Fucking <laughs> hell. Forgot about that. All right. Now, usually what we do or what we used to do with uh, films is we'd go, you know, sort of scene by scene or, you know, section by section. But let's be honest. I think... Yeah, we're not doing that. That. No time. We're not doing that. We're not doing that anymore <laughs> because I like a more fluid conversation and john wants to get some fluids in him before the game so um, not like that definitely beer <laughs> we're talking about beer so what I'm... <laughs> oh, God. Uh, uh 
so see where the night leads. <laughs> yeah, exactly. If we win, Jesus, um, anything goes. Yeah. No, but seriously, <laughs> the opening of this film was um, great. Actually, I really enjoyed it. It, as I said, it, it struck me a bit of the Americans, the TV show, which I still have not finished, but I'm, I've got through like two or three seasons, and it is great that show. Um, don't know why I stopped watching. It, actually, got distracted. I'm easily distracted. But uh, this sort of like you <laughs> like know, now. rogue. Yeah, like now. The agents undercover in America, sort of suburban America. You see a young David Harbour come in. Um, and I really liked it. Um, what were your thoughts on the opening salvo? Because the opening of Marvel films is usually pretty cool. Like, they're usually something that slaps you in the face and goes, hey, pay attention to me. Um, this one didn't necessarily do that, but it was good. Yeah, it was good. Um, I, I wonder why they didn't... Um kind of go back to them as kids like in flashbacks throughout the film mm-hmm. kind of felt like a bit of a waste like nice. they've gone yeah like they've just gone right well look we'll show you 10 minutes of their life at the beginning and then a little montage of um you know nirvana's a cover of nirvana's teen spirit um that was good yeah it was good yeah yeah good, but then it was kind of like and again you know look human trafficking stuff I'm big on that, you know. I wrote, I wrote a sequel to uh, to a film about that, so just you know, if you want to, did want to yeah. hear that? A brilliant, a brilliant sequel. Um, so yeah, look, I was uh, I was I was very keen on that, um, but I just felt like it was a bit of a wasted opportunity. Like you, you, you see ten minutes, not even that. Um, one little speech with Rachel uh, Weiss or Vice, however it's pronounced. Um about these fucking things that live in the trees, the the bugs or whatever. Um, and then, like, very little of the dad, other than coming in late and just like, yeah, let's have some lunch. Remember we said we was going to go on that trip? So there's a little bit of mystery. Yeah. But, like, you don't see yeah. any... There's no, like, bonding or anything. You don't see any point where they'd be like, yeah, I, I could see kind of why they they have this love-hate relationship with their parents. It's just, yeah, I, I just thought it was a bit of a waste, yeah. to be honest. Yeah, it's a waste not to re- revisit it, because I think it is very cool. It's a very cool sort of um, thing that they could have draw, drawn upon throughout the film, especially when you're sort of trying to re-establish that family dynamic later on in the film. I definitely think that that, that would have worked. I like I like a good flashback, you know. I love my Lost yeah. So, you know, I love a flashback. So handled well, if they're handled well. But um, yeah, I thought the opening was good. I think it seemed like the most grounded part of the film, because as we said, it gets a bit crazy uh, after that. The stuff about the Red Room, which has always been fascinating to me anyway, and I I actually really like the storyline of Natasha and how she, you know, defected from being a red room agent and, and and became an avenger and you know essentially saves the world on a, on the reg as it were um she's <laughs> but that that feels like a better film surely like that like yeah it does doesn't it they keep they keep it referencing does. budapest yeah. God, i remember budapest that was mad yeah yeah show us that wow. why have you skipped over that again have you not got the budget for it or something what's going well, on it, let's let's talk about that let's talk about that so Everyone's seen this film is is probably listening to this podcast, so you've seen the film. And if you haven't, basically, 
this film centres around the destruction of the Red Room and this programme that is indoctrinating um, young women to becoming mindless, uh, controlled or mind-controlled agents of this Russian sort of military general called Drakov. Essentially, that's the premise of the film. Mm. Uh, Natasha believes she had done this in the part. Yes, it, yeah, very much so. Instead of going Bond, they went Born, which I think is a mistake. So, um, Budapest, 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 Budapest. How many times have we heard about Budapest between Clint and Natasha in several different films? Avengers. Uh, all the Avengers films has been referenced, okay? Um, the main flagship Avengers films. I was devastated that we did not get to see what happened in Budapest. And it turns out what happened in Budapest is uh, the red on her ledger, which is something that she's been talking about since Avengers. Uh, and she says it to Clint, I've got red on my ledger. I need to I need to rub it off. I need to get rid of it. Yeah. Um, Loki <laughs> yeah. even says to her, you know, <laughs> you're laughing at rub it off, aren't you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You are so predictable. It's painful. <laughs> it's actually painful. I, the moment I said it, I said rub it off. I was like, that's not the exact words. And John's going to think that's very, uh, you know, sexual. So unbelievable, well, listeners. This is what it? I have to deal deal with. <laughs> she wants to wipe it off. What? <laughs> oh, Jesus. Horrible. Oh, no wonder they want to anyway, show Budapest. Anyway, yeah, go on. Yeah, exactly. Um so yeah, they, they they're actually in the Budapest safe house, which is the thing that was referenced, and we find out that Natasha actually did something very bad um, to the point where I'm like, oh wow, I knew that you did some bad things, but that, you know that's actually worse than what I imagined, to be honest with you. Uh, which is that she knowingly blew up a building containing a, a young girl to to kill Drakov, essentially kill in quotation marks, guys, because guess what, Drakov's not dead; he's Ray Winston. Um, so that was surprising to me. Um, but we didn't see any flashbacks or anything to do with Budapest with Clint, uh, Hawkeye. It baffles me that Clint isn't in this film. Well, there's a picture of him. (laughs) (laughs) But but it's Uh... mad to me. It's mad to me. I know you kind of want to let Natasha stand on her own and I get that. But you don't even let her stand on her own because you give her this whole superhero family. So, yeah, that was disappointing. I mean, not seeing Budapest. Come on, guys. Um, I wonder if COVID really fucked up some of this stuff. What do you think, John? Maybe. Fucking don't release it then. And certainly don't charge me 20 quid to watch it at home. Like, do you mean? Yeah, good conversion Scandalous. Well, it just annoys yeah. me. Like, like the idea of going to yeah. a cinema. At least I get like a comfy chair, big screen. Like, I'm having to fucking, I'm having to shell out the electric to to watch this film. Like, they've got nothing. There's, there's no shell out like electric. What you do? Oh, just... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, electro. But no, it's just it's a piss take. So look, What's if COVID, if COVID did uh, affect the filming of this, then don't release it. Wait. Yeah. Um yeah, I mean let's move on. Let's talk about the um 
the reintroduction of of Florence Pugh as Yelena um, and Rachel Weisz and Red Guardian. Now, Red Guardian's a cool character because he is the sort of Russian Captain America, which is really cool. Uh, like the idea that they had, you know, these tussles or whatever. Um, and I would love to see that, like a bit of Steve Rogers versus uh, Red Guardian. I reckon there'd be some great uh, one-liners in there for sure. Um, you liked uh, you liked this little f- nuclear family? Yeah, look, I, yeah. Um, I mean, it annoyed me how useless he was. I, I mean, he's getting beat up throughout the film. Yeah, he well, shit, and it's like he's just fuck, yeah. he's a super soldier, man. Like, you know, I'm not going to talk about. Uh, you know, I said earlier, no spoilers for the TV shows. But, you know, there are certain people that might have super soldier serum and they go from, you know, a bus driver or a milkman to just unbeatable. <laughs> so, unbeatable, you know, yeah. I'm not having to go at bus drivers or milkmen. Yeah, they are very weak yeah. people. So for him to be a super soldier <laughs> and get beat up by everyone, I'm like, oh, what's going on here? Like, come on. It doesn't have to be a buffoon. I know it's David Harbour, but it doesn't have to be a buffoon. Um, and I felt they overdid that. It was a bit of a waste. Um, the, the the only interesting thing that I would say about about him is uh, his references to fighting Captain America in the 80s. Yeah. Now, Cause we know you know, that is was... that a hint to... Well, yeah. So is that a hint to the fact that he uh he fights the one that goes back in time. That is very interesting, John. Wow, I hadn't even considered that. What? Yeah, that is cool. Because you know what's the? It's quite funny because obviously at the end of in, end game, you have this situation where it's quite a simple mission, and I put simple mission in quotation marks because it's actually ridiculously difficult. Which is the mission that Steve <laughs> Rogers has, which is to yeah. go back and place the Infinity Stones at the exact point in time. Uh, and you saw how much trouble they got into getting those stones in the first place. And he's got to go put them back on his own. Uh, baffles me how he did it. But yeah, that'd be amazing to see that story. Mm. Like, I think Steve Rogers' story isn't done. Like, I think there's scope for him to have his own story uh, doing that mission. And that would be cool. I was thinking it was more like, um, we know... I'm not spoiling anything necessarily, but we know there are other Captain Americas in the comics and, you know, maybe other places. So, um, and other super soldiers, like you said. So maybe it's some of the battles with, with those guys as well, which I thought would be quite cool. Um, be shit though, wouldn't it? But yeah, I like, it would be shit. Yeah, not as cool as the, the first idea. But um, yeah, I think, I think that the, the little family dynamic was great, um, especially the sisters, I, I I really actually believed that relationship, which is which is good. I think the flashbacks definitely would have helped. Um, essentially, they all team up to try and bring down the Red Room, Drakov, who John has installed himself in a sky <laughs> facility, which is kind of cool. Like it's this place that lives in the sky. Um, it's quite futuristic in a way. But, uh, you know, we've seen aliens and shit. It's all good. It's all fine. Um, what's your thoughts on the Red Room not being this sort of 
facility or gulag in Russia, but more well, being a sky prison. Again, I mean, look, I'll let it go. Um, <clears throat> it's a little bit of a reference to Iron Sky, isn't it? The the old the Nazi the Nazi film where they're on like the moon or whatever. Um, <laughs> the Finnish based Nazi film, yeah, where the <laughs> na- Nazis had fled to the moon and then come back to invade. Yeah, uh, present so day. Go. Yes, yes, um, I have seen that film. Look, so you know, Shield. You know, they hide in the sky for the most part. Um, yep, they do. You've got. I mean, they definitely would have crashed into one another at some point, but whatever. Um, yeah. Uh, what did I think of it? Again, it's very James Bond, like, which is fine. You know, Moon I mean, she literally, maker. which we yeah. see in this film. Yeah, yeah, she's sitting there watching it on her laptop, and it's like, okay, yeah. So they're setting Love it, it up. as well. This is going to be like a James Bond film, like a spy film. Um, and yeah, I mean, it's just, it goes the other way and it's like, you know, a Pierce Brosnan, like very, like action. Yeah, it's a film. Pierce Brosnan one. Um, Die Another Day. Yeah. <clears throat> so what what did I think of the base? I thought it looked cool. I thought it looked too good for what these guys are. Yeah. Um, and I'm a bit bored yeah. with this, like... Oh, here's another secret society that are controlling the world. So, oh, fuck off, honestly. Like, I mean, how many of them are there? You know, I was half expecting fucking Hydra to turn up again. Like, it's it's too much, too much. Yeah, I think the the fact that comics obviously overlap with each other, and each character has their own separate story, and other heroes chime in and help them on these little installments or these three or four comic series works really well i think when you start doing it with the films um sometimes it can be amazing like we said winter soldier amazing um you know crossovers like i'm sure uh the new thor film uh love and thunder i know that's going to be good you know it's taika waititi and it's it's a crossover between that and the guardians and some really cool things that it's going to be pulling on but sometimes it's just not going to work like some issues of comics just fall flat and this to me is one of the least exciting ones because you're not really fired up for it it's not anything that's and the other thing is that we're talking about this tension is it's all meaningless in a way because we know that the snap happens in like two months time or something you know and it's kind of like that's just different kettle of fish mm. it's you're going from not even an a-line story in the marvel cinematic universe on earth to essentially cataclysm on a universal scale in the space of two months so it's kind of like i don't give a fuck about ray winston as Drakeoff. you know he yes. he's sitting there giving this grand speech <laughs> he's giving this grand speech and i'm like Mate, Thanos is coming in like two months time and he's going to wipe out half the life in the universe. You know, why do I give a fuck what you're saying? Like Natasha, I do care about because she obviously that scene where she sacrifices herself is incredible. Like it's one of my favorite scenes in like Avengers. It's awesome. Like the music, the swell of it all. The same when with Gamora when Thanos does it. I love it. I, I love those scenes. I love the character. That's huge. She goes from this, like this situation with fucking Ray Winston and, and Dracov to saving the universe, you know. So for me, this is small fish. And 
does it help me get more of her as a character? Not really. Like, I I see that she's done something really bad. I know that she feels guilty about it. But I always knew that she'd done bad things in my mind. I thought, you know what I mean? I, it's, it's not, I don't need this picture painted for me, you know? Which is, is it, why the film just doesn't a, um, nail it. Yeah. Is it is it a cop-out that, you know, the daughter was mm. fine and now she's like this killing machine? Is that a cop-out? Should they have just gone, do you know what? You, she killed she killed his daughter. Hmm. It's a twist that I saw coming a mile off, obviously. We all did. I mean, we all saw that twist coming. It's, <laughs> it's you know. Yeah. It... It's a way of seeing a visual. I guess it's powerful because you see a visualization of the pain that you have caused someone for their whole life because of what you did. It's actually worse than death in a way, you know, isn't it? Let's be honest. Uh, being Taskmaster. Um, <laughs> but yeah. I think Marvel has always struggled with villains. Um, sometimes, like sometimes they, they they've they've got it in them to nail it. Like I think Killmonger's a great villain. I think Thanos is obviously top notch um what you know amazing like what they did with thanos um loki brilliant because he's machiavellian and he's had this journey and now he's got his own show and you know but they do have some absolute flat ones you know and and this is this is a bit of one where i'm never going to remember the villain Drakov, i'll forget his name in a week and taskmaster who is awesome by the way in terms of what they could be it's gone down the sort of uh, the Mandarin route, where um, it completely subverted what's meant to happen, and um, I know we, we, we actually will be getting the real Mandarin or whatever with maybe the Ten Rings, you know, situation going on later in the MCU. But um, you know, the Ben Kingsley thing was bizarre at the time as well. I didn't hate it, like I know a lot yeah, of people terrible. hate it, like like that, like people, some people hate it, like yeah, I, I hated it. Yeah, fine. <laughs> so once again these just aren't memorable villains and, and to that point was it worth it probably not to to do that twist um, i mean look i mean ben kingsley like in his little promos and stuff he's terrifying he's like first for, for a small yeah, man awesome you know he is a terrifying man and then you know you watch the film and he's sitting there watching liverpool versus everton and he's like go that is mental oh, terrible, that is mental terrible <laughs> Honestly. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. The thing about that film, Iron Man 3, sorry, is that they, it's written by Shane Black and there's actually some really funny dialogue in that film. Mm. Like there's some actual absolute Iron Man zingers. Some of the best that MCU has had. But that twist, yeah, man, just doesn't work <laughs> for me that much either. Um, but coming back to this, I think... The other thing I'd like to take away from the film, and look, I don't want to sound like we're ragging on it, because we're not. We did enjoy it. Like It's not like we're saying it's a bad film. It's not. But when you compare it to the 23 other instalments, it's sitting in the bottom quarter. You know what I mean? It's mm. above Thor 2. Yeah. Where does this sit for you, John? Where does this sit? Like, 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 Obviously, I think we can all agree that Thor 2 is probably the bottom. I think that's fair. Maybe <sighs> Iron Man 3 above that. Yeah, but at least like... At least with Thor, Iron Man two, two actually. Yeah, that's terrible. That is terrible. I think that is that's probably the worst one. I think with like at okay, least right, with yeah. Th- at least with Thor two, you've got this thing with him and Loki, and there's this the start, yeah, that's the nice. seed of like, oh, actually, yeah, 
you know, he's not. There's there's stuff in there. Yeah, and you see more of the, you know, the tricks to Loki and actually why, why Thor would actually give a fuck about him. Um, and yep. a lot of what happens in that film is important for the rest of the story. Um, you've obviously got the introduction yeah. of like, um, the, one of the Infinity Stones. Infinity Stone. And, yeah. yeah. So it's like at least with the that, ether. it's like well, you know, it it does matter. It does matter. Um, you know, their mother dies. Like this is stuff that you know for for later on plays into. I mean, the villain is is terrible, obviously. Um, but with in this, it's like what what are we getting from this? Honestly, what what are we getting from this that we we couldn't have got from a TV series? Like, I mean, just bolt. You could have bolted the sister on to the uh, the fucking Captain America and the Winter Soldier thing. Hmm. Could have done that. Do you think that the messaging that like because I I think the thing is, Black Widow had the opportunity to be one of the first um, MCU movies that f- focused on a female character, and I think that is very important to say that it does allow black widow to shine a little bit brighter um than she has been allowed to in some of the other films because there's obviously so many characters that they all are competing with screen time and stuff like that but like you said it's just a bit too late i mean the message well, like about i mean they, um, so they had yeah, they had on. the they had the captain marvel film and it's yep. like you know yep. she is she's supposed to be the female lead and everyone's sitting there going well yeah but we've got scarlett Hansen. Black Widow is like, you know, she's a big character in that in that team. Um, so again, it, it sort of feels like a retrospective sort of we we need to do a film about Black Widow. But it's come too late. Yeah, the messaging about um, taking all these young women around the world, like you said, human trafficking, John, which I think is is, is an important point. Um, I felt was a very strong point, but I think it gets kind of lost in the film a little bit. I think it gets lost just sort of we don't see enough of these other widows to really have it as a through line. We see them in at the sort of start when the conflict starts happening between uh, Natasha, Yelena and stuff like that, when they get attacked in Budapest and then just in the sky prison at the end or something, or, you know, uh, and for me that gets lost a little bit. Um, How silly is their fight? Which one? Their very first Go one. On. So, you know, she goes, goes Elena and goes, yeah, uh, yeah. two over the top, man. What are you doing? Why are you trying to knife me? Like, can you just calm down, please? <laughs> calm the fuck down. Jesus. Um, throw me into a wall. Yeah. Like, what is going on here? We're well, sisters, sort of. Like, calm yeah. down. I I think I think the other thing is, um, and just a question I want to ask you at the end of this podcast, and it's not the end because we'll talk about the post credit scene, but the end of the main film discussion podcast is I think every time I watch Scarlett Johansson in these films, I feel like she's a super soldier because she takes an absolute pummeling constantly, survives the most insane things. And in this one, like you said, is fly literally flying through the sky, bouncing off debris um that was, that was that was the two blue feels, moment for me i was like oh fuck it now what is this she she feels like a super soldier um and then when i saw red guardian at the start i was kind of like oh my god if that is her actual father then maybe she has got some sort of you know diluted super soldier serum in her 
<laughs> so I thought that was really interesting. But obviously, that's not turned out to be the case. Um, do you think that her portrayal is, and this sounds silly, this is a silly thing for me to say, but unrealistic in the sort of Avengers universe? Because the things they have her doing just... I wouldn't believe it if Steve Rogers did some of this stuff. Like you said earlier, I just mm. wouldn't believe it. Yeah. You know? Two over and, the top. and talking about TV shows, uh, and I don't want to spoil them, but like Bucky and, and even Sam, you know, if Sam was doing some of, the, some of the stuff they get Sam doing in, you know, the new TV stuff, I'm still like, he can, that's mental. There's no way he could do that. Um, but do you think there's a bit of a weird imbalance at the moment with powers and 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 sort of the way that these characters are being shown? But I saw, I, yeah. But but it's because it's like, um, it would be easier for her if she did have superpowers, because then it's like, I mean, even when she gets punched straight in the face, and it's like she breaks her own yeah. nose, she breaks her own nose to get over the pheromonal guard which is one of the worst things I've so, ever heard written, ever. Um, and then the bit where they're discussing when you say it, it out loud, it sounds crazy. Yeah. It's yeah. like, oh, just yeah. as an FYI, he's got a pheromonal guard. So you're going to have to sever the nerve in your nose so you don't smell him. It's just like, oh, fuck off. Stupid. Um, I think it would be easier if she had superpowers because then it's like, all right, well, you just let it go. Um you know, in in again, we're not no spoilers for you know the Winter Soldier. He is a super soldier. He gets beat up constantly in that series. Um, yeah, he's getting his ass kicked yeah, all the time, battered. And it's like, okay, yeah. well, what's going on here? And not only is he a super soldier, John, he's a trained assassin who is arguably one of the best super soldiers. Like. The things he has done and achieved in his career, be it all negative, apart from some obviously positives, you know, he's should be feared. Like he's unbelievable. Like he in the wind Captain America Winter Soldier, he's literally going toe to toe with Captain America and beating him on several occasions. Like mm. so it's very interesting. Um I wanna wrap up the conversation on the film by talking about the post credit scene. Now, you've already allu- alluded to the fact that you um don't like the post credit scene. I actually got quite emotional watching that scene um, <laughs> because I fucking love Black Widow. Um, I think she's one of my favourite Avengers characters, mainly because my favourite superheroes are like the Tony Starks, um, you know, the Bruce Waynes, the... The vulnerable. People who are just... The vulnerable. Because... Mm, but she isn't. Not only are they vulnerable... Apparently not, no. But not only are they vulnerable emotionally, they're also just humans and could die. Like, I just think about Thor just flicking his finger against, like, Iron Man's head and his head rolls off because he's a fucking god and <laughs> Iron Man is a human being, right? And and it just, mm. that sort of stuff I find really interesting, how they can become superheroes and the things they can achieve. So when I see Natasha, you know, a, a lovely gravestone and everything there and i actually as i said really like yelena and i think I, I like their relationship so i see her her grave and i'm like oh man god i actually am gonna really miss black widow um now i know we talked about no spoilers for the shows but i'm gonna say something right now there's gonna be a spoiler here because this is ultimate spoiler territory so if you don't want to hear some spoiler for the Falcon Winter Soldier, then you know, skip ahead yeah. two minutes or something, all right? <clears throat> We're going to talk about it for two minutes. So Val turns up, 
right? And 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 uh, all right, Val. She turns up, ruins the scene for me because I actually really don't like Val's character. Number one, number two. As I said, it was a touching moment for me in the scene. No, I don't. I don't either. Okay, good. The scene works for me on an emotional level because, as I said, I was actually devastated. You know that she's actually dead. You know, um, why? You know, so annoying to me. Um, I do like the fact that it's setting up some, maybe some things. But are you that excited, John, to see like the Dark Avengers or this other sort of B team Avengers being set up? I mean. Let's look at the options that are in the B-Team Avengers, which we have at the moment. We've got um, US Agent, um, right? Uh, and I hate that guy. Like, I just hate him. Like, there's nothing. <laughs> I don't like anything about his character. Um, there's Black Widow, who is now Yelena, I assume. And I think she's got potential to join the actual Avengers. White Vision, um, who went rogue at the end of WandaVision. So you're getting this dark Avenger vibe or, you know, B-team Avenger vibe. Um, I think uh, an article I read even said there is a West Coast Avengers. I was like, you cannot call them that. We're not going to be having that turn up. <laughs> what are your thoughts about that, John? <laughs> what are your thoughts about the West Coast Avengers turning up? Um, This new squad. But yeah, but but I guess this is where they they have problems, um, because it's like, well, what do you build toward? I think if they do do that, and I mean they will clearly, that's the direction they're going in. Um, yeah, and you know, not not to pick any spoilers from the Loki show, but they're obviously building a little. There's little hints to a team building there. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh. I think it would probably be like maybe this would be the TV series version of the kind of Thanos thing, Age, where it ages, builds. Yeah, 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 yeah. Where it, it like it, you know, it's it's never going to be like you, you know you're not going to break box office records. People are like, oh yeah, it's these guys versus the fucking the B team. Like who cares? Um, <laughs> but it might be something relatively interesting for a us versus them as a as a TV series. Um, so, I mean, it's definitely happening. It's definitely happening, isn't it? I think the whole direction of phase four is looking very interesting to me. Like, you've obviously had something which is the ultimate, like we've talked about with Thanos. And now you've got to, you've got to dial it back in um, and, and sort of rein that all in and get it back to a personal level, um, but still have that jeopardy. And I'm interested to see where they go with that. There's obviously hints of it with some of the shows um that have just passed and i and i and i do think some comic lines they can draw on so i'm interested to see where they go um marvel's in a very funny place at the moment where i'm not fatigued i don't want to say that i'm fatigued because i do like some of the stuff they're doing i like the shows do i love the shows no do i like the shows yes do i like the films yes do i love the films at the moment no so they're in a sort of seven out of ten space in my mind at the moment mm. um yeah they're not and i feel it's because they're, they're f- trying to find an identity within this new domain of disney plus and the cinematic universe and what will be fascinating is to see the one the the, the two things that are going to really tell me where marvel is at uh, and of course we're going to review them is um spider-man the new spider-man film because 
that sounds like to me, you know, spoiler warning for rumours about that film, but it's going to be essentially multiverse stuff with, you know, Tobey Maguire coming back, Andrew Garfield coming back. That to me sounds fascinating. That's going to have some Doctor Strange stuff. Leading into multiverse of madness uh, with Doctor Strange and, and, and Wanda and then also Thor Love and Thunder. When those three films come out, I think we'll have a much better sense of where Marvel is at. Because at the moment, this feels like stop gaps. Hey, guys, we need to put something out to keep the Marvel train going. Choo-choo. Bit of Black Widow. Choo-choo. Here's a Loki TV show. Choo-choo. You know, Falcon Winter Shoulder. Choo-choo again. And it goes on and on until we get one of these big stops. You know, stopping off in New York for a bit. What's going on there? Multiverse of Madness. You know, something like that. So I, I, I do think it's a weird place. But... I think there's some good stuff on the horizon. Um, we're just not getting it yet. Do you agree? Do, yeah, do, <clears throat> yeah, I do, I do agree. Do, do you think that the films would be better off not worrying about trying to tie in with one kind of overall theme? Because I like, think there's a big what, problem. What, yeah. When you talk about like the multiverse stuff, and actually, look, and again, I'm not going to be I'm not going to do any spoilers about the TV shows. Um, yeah, yeah. I would describe Loki as very silly, but it is far better than the other two. Oh, yeah. Um, oh, because yeah. It's do- because oh, yeah. it's doing its own thing. It recognises that it has so much source material um, and they have an unlimited budget, so they pretty much do whatever they want. And it works. Exactly. And, it's, and, it's a, and it works. And you've got a, Tom Hiddleston. Yeah, and it's such a good vehicle for Tom Hiddleston. It's like, you know, if you've got the talent there, yeah. Um, but it's the same with the others. It's the same with um, with Chris Hemsworth. Like, whenever he's allowed to kind of do his own thing, I mean, look, Ragnarok, incredible film. Like, yeah, you know, a little yeah. bit of personality. Yeah. Um, and, it, and Ragnarok wasn't necessarily anything to do with, you know, Thanos and, it, and, and all that nonsense. Um, and it worked. Um, and and I'd, I'd be interested to see kind of with the Spider-Man film and uh, with the Doctor Strange film and obviously with the Guardians and, and Thor, um, like how much of it, how much are they just films that kind of sit in their own kind of universe? How much of it, how, how, how much of it hints to a, oh, well, this is going to tie into this because this happens. I, it feels like they would just be better off going right. Th- this is this is a film that kind of just sits on its own, much like Ragnarok is. You could just watch that as a one-off and not worry about you know what else is going on in in the universe. Yeah, I think I think yeah, I think they do need to 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 find the right medium with that because at the moment I think if they're trying to tie in the narratives from the TV show and the films, and you expect everyone to have seen everything man that's tough like just getting people to the point where they were ready to see infinity war was tough like you know it's a lot of narrative baggage that people have to have checked in to understand where some of these characters are at in these films and yeah of course people can just turn up and watch them uh and not really care about what's happened before, but then what's the point? Yeah. You know? So yeah, I mean, I think they're in an interesting place. Uh, yeah. I mean, it's tough as a, it's tough as a creator because, you know, I, I've said this in other, 
um, Marvel film podcast that we've done where it's like, you know, you got, I mean, Iron Man 3 was a good example where he's well up against it. You know, his house gets fucking smashed to bits and it's like he's dead. And it's like, oh, can someone go and help him out, please? <laughs> he's like, yeah. wh- why, is he, why is he fighting this battle on his own? I'm confused. Like, can you not just call, call Steve and go, look, or fucking Banner, can you help me out? Because yeah. I'm like, I'm up against it. Yeah. We're obviously a team. So if you can help me out, it, yeah. massively yeah. appreciated. Yes. And I get, and, and that's the problem that they have. Like, you know, can you imagine uh, if they didn't, kind of take and again i mean look we don't know what's going to happen in the spider-man film but you know if he was up against it in new york you would you would well expect that like the other guys to help him out he's a young boy like yeah go and help him out yeah he's a very young boy well yeah not to get into too much about spider-man but one of my favorite you know tom holland is brilliant and uh obviously iron man would have helped him out um but Sadly, R.I.P. He's dead. So Doctor Strange is probably Doctor. Yeah, he's he's not dead. He's dead. Uh, Doctor Strange will be stepping into that. But yeah, John, I think we've talked about it a lot. I think we've we've gone off on some tangents. We've gone off on our own uh, timelines, as it were, split and stuff like that to discuss different things. But uh, overall, I'd say you know Black Widow is a fine watch. It's not groundbreaking in the MCU stuff. I mean, it's a good thing to say that if the film isn't even amazing, it's still a pretty good film. That's how good the MCU is. Mm. You know, even if it's not that great, it's still, no, it's still okay. Be honest. Um, All right, well, let's let's put it another way. Mm. So obviously on Disney+, Plus, you can watch yeah, Black on. Widow um, as part of your subscription in October, I believe it is. So oh, I would have done that. I would have done that. Yeah, yeah, so three months' time, you can watch it for, you know, no additional cost, or you can spend... You know, thirty-five dollars in Australia or twenty quid in in the UK. I'm I can categorically tell you, save your money, save your money. Watch it in October. <laughs> Today we're sponsored by Disney Plus. No, uh, we're definitely not sponsored by Disney Plus. Um, yeah, you're right. But yeah, anyway, guys, that's our thoughts on Black Widow. I hope you've enjoyed this film review. Uh, our next film review is very exciting and a film that I am honestly. So excited to see. It's uh, James Gunn's Suicide Squad. So, and that's next month. Now, let's talk about, you know, just just quick little set of picture for you. Suicide Squad, first film, terrible. So much potential. Um, but James Gunn, he's retained Harley Quinn, who is actually awesome. Like, Margot Robbie mm. as Harley Quinn is awesome. Yeah, she's very good. Got some great casting in there. We've got fucking some of the funniest Suicide Squad characters in there um it is going to be incredible guys it is going to be like guardians-esque and i am gonna thoroughly enjoy talking about that with you john uh so that is next on our list that is next month i think go on yeah do you think it's gonna do you think it's hurt by that expectation that it will be on par with guardians because that is an exceptional mcu film yep yeah i think the thing that james gunn does very well is obviously he, he does the character beats well. So Guardians is a ragtag bunch of characters who have no right to be as good as they are. And they are that good. This is going to be bigger because you've got like Sylvester Stallone voicing fucking shark and stuff like that going on. You know, it's fucking crazy. Um, I have high hopes for it because it's James Gunn. I have high hopes for it because DC gave him the license. You know, this is when Marvel fucked up and, and, and lost James Gunn because of a tweet he sent 
15 years ago, you know, and DC were like, hey, do you want an unlimited <laughs> budget and to redo the Suicide Squad? He was like, fuck yes, I want to do that. So, um, and he did such a good job. you can tweet whatever you want. That the rumours are, tweet whatever you want. That Marvel just said, oh, actually, don't worry about that tweet. Come back and do fucking Guardians 3. So, come on. Let's be excited, team. Anyway, subscribe, guys. Please do subscribe. Spread the love. Share the word. Patreon.com forward slash fan critical to give us some precious monies to make some more shows and get John nice and drunk before the football. <laughs> See you soon, guys. At some point, we all have to choose between what the world wants you to be and who you are. I made my choice. I'm done running. Here's what's gonna happen. Natasha, don't slouch. I'm not slouching. You're going to get the back hunch. Listen to your mother. Oh my God, this- Up, up. All right, enough, all of you. I didn't say anything. That's not fair.